Chodesh Elul is upon us, it's coming up, and it's a very important that we get ourselves into the right mode, in the right mindset, because it's such a tremendous time, the preparation that we do in the month of Elul, to get ourselves ready for Roshanah and Yom Kippur, where our entire year and our entire existence is dependent on how we do on these days. So it's a tremendous, tremendous time. And we want to be able to get the most from it and be successful in our work. So I want to explain a few very basic principles, but very important principles that we all have to get clear. See, the first thing we need to know is sometimes we don't like to face reality. Because if we start to look in the reality of where we're holding and what we're doing and how we're behaving and how our life is going, it's very disheartening for people because they feel that the work is very, very overwhelming and it's hard for them to to do anything. So we need to understand first and foremost that we understand that we are preparing ourselves for Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur which is part of a bigger picture called Aseret Yimei Teshuvah. And we're really coming to do a process of rectifying what we did wrong and changing our ways. That's really the idea of what we're going to. So we have to remember what the Rambam says in Moir Nevuchim, in the Rambam Sefer, Moir Nevuchim, very deep book. The Rambam over there writes that the tshuva process is very fundamental because if a person would be in a situation that if he sins and he messes up, that he has no way to fix and no way to go back to what he was before, people would just give up and they would rebel and they would just forget the whole thing. So we always have to remember, no matter what situation we are in life and no matter how deeply we are rooted in sin or anything, bad behaviors... There's always a process that we can get out of that problem. Otherwise, people wouldn't work on themselves and people wouldn't change. So that's a very fundamental thing that was built into creation. It means tshuva was created before creation. That means it's built into creation. And it's built into the avoidah that Hashem gave us that there is always a way how to grow. So that's the first thing we have to know is we can't give up because it's very, very clear the system was set up in a way that we could fix the problems. We also have to know a very, very important principle, a very important principle. The Alter from Kelm talks about it, Rabbi Rucham talks about it, Rabbi Sosalant talks about it. All the big Balei Musa all talk about this point, which I think is very fundamental. We know in last week's parasha, the Torah talks about the Chet Egel. Now, the Chet Egel was a very big sin. The nature of the sin was a type of Avodah Yet, HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the Torah stresses one point, Am Kishoref. That means that the reason why Hashem was upset and you know not willing to forgive, so to speak, is because the Jewish people were stubborn, meaning... They were not looking to change. They were not looking to admit that there's something wrong here and they have to change. So the severity of the sin wasn't the issue. It doesn't matter how severe the, the, the sin is. If a person is willing to change, then Hashem will take care of him. The main point is, is he willing to admit that there's change that needs to be made? The moment he admits that, 
then it doesn't matter how big the sin is. It doesn't make a difference. And that's what Rabbi Ruchim points out that you see in the first Bet HaMikdash, the people sinned in the three cardinal sins. That means they were doing Gilu'i Arayis, Shvichut Damim, and Avodah Zarah, the worst of the worst. But since it was Nidgale Avonam, the Gemara says, means it was clear, their sin was clear. And therefore, deep down, they had remorse for it, and they wanted to change, and they wanted to get out of the problem. So then, there was already an easy way to rectify that problem, and 70 years later, the Bet HaMikdash was rebuilt. As opposed to the second Bet HaMikdash, which they were Talmidei HaChamim, they were sitting and learning, they were doing Gimilu Hasadim, they were good people, you know, really good people. However, deep, deep down, in a very, very minute way, there was Sinat Chinam, which many of them were not aware of that. It was very deep within themselves. That's what the Gemara says, Lo nitgale avonam. That means that they were not aware of this deep, deep root that they had within them, Sinat Chinam. Memela says, Rabbi Rucham, that they were far from doing tshuva. When you're far from doing tshuva, then the severity is very big. So we see it's not the magnitude of the sin that's done. You can have Egel, you can have Gil Arai Shvichas Dom but if you're close to being able to change and realize that you need to change, then there's a lot of hope for you. It could be the smallest sin and the most minute level of the smallest sin, like Sinat Chinam on their level of Sinat Chinam, not our level of Sinat Chinam. They were learning Torah. Torah means that they were actually growing. They had Gimilut Hasadim. They were good people. It was a deep point that they were lacking in Sinas Chinam. And Memela, you're far from Tshuva. If you're far from Tshuva, then that's where the problem is. Rabbi Shalatah says that in order to be Zochein Din, in order to have a good judgment, and to be given life, and to give him Biracha, you have to just be a Osim Teshuva. Not actually a complete Baal Tshuva. You have to be in the process of Tshuva. Now the process of Tshuva, according to Rabbi Yisrael is you just have to be weir, aware. You have to be a chai margish behesrono, he says. You have to be aware that you have a certain weakness that needs to be rectified. It can take years to rectify that. But you're in the program of rectifying. So that's a very comforting thing for us. Because the realization of what needs to be done doesn't necessarily require that you finish the product today. It means that you have to think of a way to go about it. Now, Rabbi Sosalant, in a different letter, he has a lot of very fundamental letters when it comes to Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. And he talks about a concept where a person could be in either a situation, what we call sleeping, in a deep, lethargic sleep, or he could be awake. That's what the Rambam says, we blow the shofar or Rosh wake up those that are sleeping from your sleep. Wake up from that deep, lethargic sleep. That means, what is the concept in spirituality when a person is asleep, that the shofar has to awaken him? What are these two things? So asleep in a spiritual sense means that you live in a godless world. That means the world, olam, the Svarim write, olam means world, 
comes from the root of ne'elam, hidden. That means when Hashem created a physical materialistic world, so to speak, that world serves as a barrier to hide Hashem. You don't see Him. So when a person is asleep, it means that his world is godless. He goes through life as if there is no God involved in his life. Hashem is not seeing what he thinks, what he feels, what he says, what he does. He doesn't live with Ashkaha Prati. He doesn't live that way. He doesn't live with Emuna. So that person is called in a situation of sleeping. He's not dead. He has a soul deep, 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 deep within him. But he's very asleep. It means he's not in touch with that. And he's living a godless world. Someone who's awake is a person who's living with HaKadosh Baruch Hu in his life. He's aware. When he makes a beracha, he understands that the source of all blessing is coming from Hashem's attachment to the world. And all those concepts that come along with having a God in your world, in your life. So we are in a situation that we are in a deep lethargic sleep. And Rabbi Solanta is trying to define and understand exactly why we're holding in this place. And then we have to figure out how to get around this problem. So he mentions three points who are very, very important points. The first point he talks about is, he says it's a very logical thing. It's a very understood thing. It's something that we can grasp and understand it in the laws of nature. And the first thing he says is, there's a concept called living a mechanical life, where everything you do is only routine and mechanical, means you do not put your mind to what you're doing. You don't think about it. You just do it. You go through the routine. This could be even good things you do. You get up in the morning, you go to Preshachrit, you put on Tefillin, you do your thing without any thought process of about what you're doing, how you're doing it, what you're doing, what it means and by what you're doing it. Are you doing it properly? There's no mind connected to the action. The same thing is the bad things that we do. We have bad habits and we just roll through life with those habits. So point number one is that we have to try to somehow, some way, to some degree, put our head to what we're doing. So that's called herbal. The second thing he says is also something that we see in the natural world. It's not something that's metaphysical. It's a very physical, normal thing. And that's the concept of what he says is that a human being has a kocha nefesh in him where he copies the people around him. That means we live without independent thinking. We follow what everybody else is doing. So if we lived amongst great men, men who really actually have true fear of heaven, then we would behave like them. If we live around people that do not live with emuna, people that are porek ol Torah, we're very exposed to the world around us. So Mamela, we copy, just like you see people, they, have, they cut their hair the way the style is. They wear shirts what the style is. They dress everything. That means they put their own mind away. They don't use their own head. They follow people, even when it's against logic. Even when logic dictates it shouldn't be that way. That's a power of what we call chikui, to copycat. He says, most of a person's actions is like a monkey 
that are copying other people. So we have to learn how to be thinkers, how to have an independent mind and an independent approach to see what is actually good, what's actually bad, what makes sense, what doesn't make sense. And then we'll be able to make decisions that are truly beneficial for us. The third thing he says is really something that's not uh, uh, scientifically explained. It's more like a metaphysical thing. It's a spiritual thing. It's above the laws of nature. It's a concept called timtum halev. That means that when a person sins, then a certain amount of tum'ah enters the person, which makes him lose his mind. Now, as you explained that, we have different minds, obviously. We have a mind that uh, is like a seichel hamaasi, a mind that gives us the intellect to do things, to know how to behave in this world. And then we have a mind which gives us the clarity between right and wrong. Now, once that mind becomes distorted by the sins that we do, we lose sight and understanding of what actually is the truth of the world and the spiritual rights and wrongs. So because of that, we become numb to what we know. We know things. We learn taught how we know things. But that information stays only intellectual. It doesn't penetrate your heart, which is the source of your feelings, your emotions, your your way of behaving. There's a certain understanding of the heart which becomes clogged through doing sins. So Mamela, we could go in the morning and read the entire Pesuket even if you listen to the words and you translated them, and what you're saying in Tefillah, and then you go out to live your life and you live totally a godless life. Even though the whole tefillah, you were just talking about how God does everything and he does chesed and his chokhmah and everything that it says over there. But the timtum alev does not allow that information to penetrate into your reality. That's how far we are. So it's true, we know, that we believe that there's a yom hadin, there's a day of judgment, and our entire life and the life of our family and our children are dependent on that day. But yet... In a practical way, it doesn't make a difference. That comes from a timtum halev. So, Rabbi Shol Salanta says that even though we have a timtum halev, but it's possible to overcome that challenge, especially in these days, there's a special siyat neshmaya, to be able to focus and see things clearly and correctly if we want to. And this is a work. And this is the work of El. Really, the work of El before you get to Rosh Hashanah, Every day you say the selichot, let's say, according to our community, and you're reviewing and reviewing over and over, and eventually you start to really get it. And the same thing, the Ashkenaz, they blow the shofar every day. And if they really think about what's happening, we can get past these things. So it's basically, in a nutshell, is trying to access the part of us, which is the thinking part of us, and not living the routine Chushit, uh, animalistic part of ourselves that just goes with the flow and lives in a world that's not a true world. So we just have to apply ourselves. And when we apply ourselves, that's called the Osim Teshuvah. Because the moment we apply ourselves, we'll already see that we need to make changes and to work on certain things. 
and we can begin that process that may take many years. This is the mindset that we have to try to get ourselves into once the announce on Shabbat that it's Chodesh Elul, that's when it begins. So you got to be in the game and not waste even one minute of that special month that we have. They say in the Minyan of Rabbi Sosalanta, the day that they announce Chodesh Elul, the Shachrit and Musaf were totally different. Shachrit was before the announcement. That's a regular Shachrit. And I'm sure they davened very nicely at that time. And then they announced Mus- uh, the Chodesh Elul. Musaf was an Elul Musaf. Different ball game. People actually fainted in those days. They say many stories back in the day how strong Yirat Shemayim they had. We unfortunately don't have that. We don't have people to even see that have that. But like I mentioned before, we always have to remember that our in our world we also have a way of growth and we also have a, a way of fixing and going because we know it says in the in the Tana de Belio, Sefer from that's Miuhas Deliyahu Anavi, that says Hashem is Sameach Bechelkar. Hashem is happy with his lot. Now that seems to be a very strange statement because human beings only have a certain amount, a certain chilek, and they have to become happy with that chilek. But Hashem is Konei Akol, everything is His, and Od Milevado, so He doesn't have a chilek to be Samech in the chilek. So they say over from the Vilna Goyin that what it means is that Klal Yisrael is called the chilek of Hashem. As it says in the Pasuk, the chilek Hashem Amor. So the Jewish people are called Hashem's chilek. And the Goyin said, it's going to come a time in history where our Avodat Hashem is going to be very weak. But Hashem is Sameach Bechelkai. Means He's always happy with the work of Klal Yisrael, no matter what situation they're in. So we live in a certain reality, and we have to face that reality. It doesn't take away the seriousness of the time. It doesn't take away what we need to do. But at the same time, we can't become overwhelmed by it. And understand that there's certain points that we have to start to work on, which are a beginning of a road to make ultimate change. That's what Hashem wants to see from us.